What up? We are back again today in the studio. This is your host, Tyler, rocking with you. This is the Big Ten Football Focus Podcast. Woo! What a week it has been. And the anticipation just continues to rise. I kind of feel like, uh, you know, Dickie V, Dick Vitale, anticipation. This week is so much fun. So many good uh, individual games, things that I'm looking forward to uh, in the Big Ten. Look, we're almost halfway. Um, I mean, most of them are, are getting to that that th- uh, six win or six game mark. It would be six wins if they're undefeated, right? Uh, and, and halfway point um, next week, we're going to be able to, to kind of check in on the predictions. Obviously, we've went through a lot of them. Uh, you know, just the, the predictions we said at the beginning of the year and where they're at. But this next week uh, really is exciting in in a lot of ways. So. Uh, Let's buckle up. So for today's show, of course, we're going to be going over the games. However, I have had a significant amount of you reach out and say, Tyler, you know, what's going on with Michigan State? What are you getting the feel? Who are your top coaching candidates? I don't particularly like to do it during the the year just because I I don't want to to take away from the – the, the overall, you're right, like, like Michigan State and stuff like that and, and what they're doing. But where it's a bye week, I wanted to go over it. We're going to do a brief overview. We can kind of dive into it a little bit later. Uh, I don't know if, if Michigan State is going to be the only one that has a head coaching vacancy. Obviously, Northwestern having one, there might be, uh, one or two more. We don't know. It always seems like, you know, crazy things have happened. You know, does, uh, obviously not without reporting, but crazy things like, you know, Harbaugh going to the NFL. Like, I, I don't have that source or anything like that. But what I'm saying is crazy things like that happen. Uh, taking coordinators, right? Head coach goes in, in, is, in, is a coordinator, uh, in the NFL or whatever. So a lot of things happen. Uh, we, we see it, you know, on a, on a, you know, yearly basis. So, uh, my favorite head coaching candidates though, I want to give it out. And, and honestly, I mean, truthfully and, and honestly, this might be my five favorite for all jobs uh, across uh, the the total total of college football. I was going to say totalitarian, but that's not the right word. Um, the all of college football. These might be my favorite candidates, and I think a lot of them are overlooked. Uh, we. We can go into depth, like I said, later, uh, maybe tailor it more towards uh, a specific program like Michigan State, Northwestern at a later date. But these are kind of my five that I, I think are, are legit candidates that I think power five teams, not just Michigan State, Northwestern, but, uh, you know, any power five conference or, or team should be looking at. So, uh, we'll go one through five and we'll also do some, some, uh, honorable mentions as well because there are a couple of them that i like so number one uh before we get into this 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 upcoming slate uh this next week my favorite head coaching candidate and i don't know why people are not talking about him more is willie fritz out of tulane look this guy uh was at georgia southern he was at sam houston state prior to that he has been around the block a lot. Uh, over, overall career record, 61 and 52. He took Tulane to the Cotton Bowl last year and beat USC. That's right. Beat him 46 45. I don't know why more people don't talk about him. He went to New Orleans, uh, to Tulane, turned around a program that, you know, before he, he got there, uh, 
I mean, yes, he was there a couple years before they got their first bowl victory. Uh, but prior to that, 2013 had been the best year that they had had. He's four, or he's three and one in bowls at, uh, at Tulane by itself. So he's been to four bowls and Tulane has only been to 15 all time. So that's a big chunk. I mean, he's, he's, he's kind of put Tulane back on the map. He is currently, uh, four and one right now, uh, out of all, the only loss was Ole Miss where he lost 20 to 37. Uh, honestly, I could see Tulane winning out going 11 and one. It's harder, you know, obviously easier said than done. This is a legit team. He's a legit coach. I think he, he really should be getting a nod uh if you were to move him up now this is he's obviously a slow build he did it uh georgia southern you know took his time building uh the the, the team and, and the way that he wants it built uh but i really like him he's he's honestly my, my favorite uh head coaching candidate uh across all of college football next one up a lot of people this is kind of the the sexy pick right now uh, a lot of people talking about him and that is mike elko for uh out of duke and Again, similarly, uh, Duke prior to this, of course, they had, uh, you know, David Cutcliffe, legend, uh, in of it, in of itself. Uh, but Duke had gone, uh, five and seven, two and nine, three and nine. Last year, he goes nine and four. Most people picked him at the bottom of the barrel. Right now, he's four and one, played an absolutely amazing game against Notre Dame, uh, ended up losing in the end. But upcoming, he does have Florida State, uh, going forward, but really Duke, uh, and then North Carolina. Duke really could be the second best team out of the ACC this year. Uh, could potentially only lose one game. If not, he could win out only having that one loss to Notre Dame. So, uh, really like him. Obviously, Riley Leonard, an absolute stud of a quarterback. I mean, we, we can't take that away from, uh, the quarterback and the, and the coach, right? I like him. I think he's good. Uh, he's definitely high on a lot of other boards. He might stay at Duke because it is the ACC. It is a power five. You know, Michigan State Northwestern might not, uh, quite uh, attract him in, in a certain way. Uh, we'll dive deeper into that uh, later once when the, the season's wrapping up. My number three, and, and again, uh, I don't know why this person doesn't get more more credit uh, for for what he did, and that is Clay Helton, um, uh, and he is currently at Georgia Southern. Look, I understand he was at USC, uh, burned hot, and they ended up letting him go, right? Uh, he was there until 2021. I really like Clay Helton. I, I do. I think, uh, you know, that being his first head coaching job, very difficult job. We see that Lincoln Riley, obviously, uh, having that being his second stop, right? With, with him being at Oklahoma previously. Uh, really, I think Clay Helton, he went down to Georgia Southern. He's done a phenomenal job here. Uh, Turning around a program prior to, I mean, we had, we had, um, Willie Fritz, uh, in 2014, 2015, who we just talked about, but they went through, uh, two separate, uh, two separate coaches. He's in his second year here. He took him to a bowl game after they had not been to one the year previous. Uh, Georgia Southern, obviously very good, uh, out of Statesboro, Georgia, but to be honest with you, I think he, he deserves another shot. Uh, Michigan State, I feel like is, or, or even Northwestern is a good landing spot where it's not the primary Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin, uh, but they're still good. And, and that's where I think he could thrive. And next one up. And again, I don't know if this person, this, this coach would particularly leave his current situation and, and give up what he has. And that is Lance Leopold out of Kansas. Uh, again, being able to turn around a program, look, Michigan State and Northwestern, not in very good spots 
program wise, right? I mean, a couple of, of losing seasons. We know that they're capable of more. Now, will Lance come out of it? I don't know. Uh, he went two and ten in his first year, six and seven last year. Right now, he's four and one. Uh, going, the, you know, Jayhawks taking on UCF this uh, this upcoming week. So. Hard to say uh, what we're going to what if if he would be lured out of of Lawrence uh, to go to Michigan State, but again, I really like him. I like what he did at Buffalo. Uh, he was obviously loyal there there for six years, I believe it was, um, and then he's been loyal to Kansas. And and you know, there's been renovations and stuff like that there. I do like him. My final one, uh, again, going back to the Sun Belt, kind of a, a theme, you know, Power Five, then then down to the Sun Belt. I do like Sean Clark uh, out of Appalachian State. Now he was he he is you know Appalachian State is his uh, alma mater. Phenomenal coach. I really like what he was able to do after obviously Scott Satterfield, then Elijah Drinkwitz, and what he's been able to continue. Yeah, last year was kind of a rough year. Uh, they only did go six and six, but he still went nine and three, ten and four or the years previously. Uh, right now they are three and two. And now, you know, one of the losses is to North Carolina, which was in, uh, I believe it was double overtime. Another one was to Wyoming. We saw Wyoming hung with Texas. So not bad losses. They honestly could win out the rest of the way, the Mountaineers. Uh, and, and, you you know, maybe he he doesn't want to leave his his alma mater. Like I said, that might not be something that he is interested in. But I do like him. Um, you know, coming up and, and getting a, a power five job. Um, Appalachian State is one of the best of the group of five. Let's not kid ourselves. Even if they are in the Sun Belt, year in year out, pound for pound, Appalachian, Appalachian State is legit. Uh, love to see it. I, I do like Sean Clark. And then of course we do have our honorable mentions: Matt Campbell out of Iowa State, uh, Chris. Kleiman um, out of Kansas State uh, he really turned around that program and what he's been able to do. Obviously, winning the Big Twelve last year, uh, being big, I, I think that that would be kind of fun to see. Uh, Chris Kleiman, he was formerly at uh, North Dakota State uh, with the Bison. There uh, went sixty nine and six. I think it was some absurd record. Just. Very, very good wherever he goes. Uh, he has the Jayhawks pointing the right, or Jayhawks, sorry, Kansas State fans, Wildcats pointing the right direction. Uh, this year, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're vying right there for the Big 12 title again. And then finally, Jason Eck, little lesser, uh, known name, uh, but someone that I think is doing a phenomenal job out of the University of Idaho in Moscow, Idaho. Uh, I think he was formerly at, uh, I believe it, he was at South Dakota State. I think prior was Wisconsin. I need to go back. Um, I believe he got his, his, you know, startup, uh, in the Big Ten. I, of course, like I said, we go into a little bit deeper dive. Now, FCS to Big Ten is completely different. Like I said, honorable mention, uh, but he's definitely someone that I could see getting uh, a head coaching job in the FBS. All right, so there you go. Those are those are the questions that I had. Again, not only Michigan State fans had submitted, but but uh, also uh, Northwestern fans. Those are my favorites. Those are the people that I would be targeting if I was school boards and stuff like that. Obviously, each situation is unique. We're going to be getting into that uh, and much much more. So let's jump into this week. Let's not waste any more time uh, for you guys. So to start off, uh, we do have a Friday night game. Friday night lights. That's what I'm talking about. We have Illinois taking on the Cornhuskers of Nebraska and. And honestly, uh, this game, I don't want to under, underscore it, but this game is the most important game so far for Illinois. They've got to get to 3-3. Three and three. They have to. This is paramount. Nebraska, you can convince yourselves. You can say, hey, you want to know what? Uh, you win some, you lose some. We've, you know, 
I, I personally, there's been a lot of articles and stuff like that talking about how long of a leash does, uh, does, does, uh, Matt Rule have at the at Nebraska, you know what should should you be should be tolerated, you know yada yada yada. We're not going to get into that right now, but right now uh, I'm being honest. Illinois, this is the most important. I think Illinois can do it. I love Illinois. You guys know that. I've been a huge fan of Brett Bielema. We were on him last year. We see uh, Devontae uh, Witherspoon, I believe that's his name, <laughs> from last year just tearing it up in the NFL right now. A lot of people, he's becoming more of a household name after that uh, win on Monday night. Look, Illinois is just 6-4 and four straight up against Nebraska. Uh, it is at home. I think there's a lot of things leaning towards Illinois getting this victory. I don't think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. And on the Nebraska side of things, like I said, uh, if you're Nebraska, any win I think this year is just golden. Uh, I do like Matt Rule. I think he has the the opportunity to rebuild a program. Uh, he's he's proven it both at Temple and at Baylor, but this first year has been ugly in both of his previous stops. So any win is is just kind of Gucci, right? If Nebraska wins, they're three and three. They're convincing themselves, hey, I can get a win against Northwestern, Purdue, uh, and Michigan State. I can get to a bowl game. Which is a completely different story than if you're sitting two and four and going, all right, we've got to win four of the next six, then three of the next six, right? Uh, just as far as, as the odds, right? In Illinois, this is paramount. You've got to get this win. This, this is a must win for you. Uh, move them to three and three. They have Maryland and Wisconsin. After that, which are no slouch games, you've got to win this game. Uh, you would have an extra day rest to get ready for Maryland. Uh, I think this, I think, uh, Illinois is going to win in the end. Uh, I'm going to be taking Illinois 21 to seven. Right now, the line's about three and a half uh, for Illinois. So if you like betting and stuff like that, um, you know, go ahead and, and do what you what do. You, do what you do, but do it responsibly. Um, but right now, I think I just think Illinois is just a little bit better on the offense, a little bit better on the defense, and that is what separates this game. Next game up, we do have, uh, it is the noon, I believe a big noon kickoff is going to be there, if I'm not mistaken. We've got Maryland taking on, uh, Ohio State. Now, um, Maryland, uh, has not beat Ohio State. Um, they're, they're, you know, defeated 0 and 8, uh, against them since joining the Big Ten. Uh, now, Maryland has covered in, I believe, the, the previous three meetings. Right now, the line is minus 20. I don't know where Vegas is getting their, their, their lines or whatever your local sports book is, right? Minus 20 seems incredible for a team, uh, that really against an, a legit opponent in Notre Dame. And a Big Ten opponent in, in Indiana has only scored 23 points, that being the top. Now they played Youngstown State, FCS, we're going to throw that out, in Western Kentucky, Conference USA, 63 points, yeah, great. Uh, Maryland's defense is not Western Kentucky or Youngstown State's defense. This team is good. I think this team, this Maryland team, knows that they need to make an example um, for the future generations of Terrapins. They've got to get the win. This is a team that, ha- uh, a win that has eluded them. Everything's been building to this. If they get this win, they're put on the map. People start taking them seriously uh, in not only the Big Ten, but nationally. Uh, I think this is this has the makings of, of a potential upset. Now, I think that they're going to cover. Let me make that clear. I don't think that Ohio State is going to lose in the shoe to Maryland. I wouldn't be surprised if they do. I think Maryland has the team to do it. The only thing somewhat going against... Uh, uh, Maryland is that Ohio State is coming off of a bye. And to be honest with you, 
Ryan Day, he's he's pretty good off of a bye, nine and two. Uh, and then, you know, with a lot of different trends going in the way of, of, of Ohio State winning, I think Ohio State's going to win. I think it's a lot closer than, than what the bookmakers think. Uh, I'm going to go 24 to 17 in favor of Ohio State. And I think, uh, Maryland covers that big number of 20. So if the, the number continues to jump up to, to 21, 22, obviously, um, I, I'm covering it 20. So I think that's it. If the number begins to run down, then you might want to get it uh, sooner rather than later. But uh, I think it's going to be a great game. I think everything is riding on this for Maryland. Next week, you've got Illinois. Not really much to worry about. They are better than Illinois. Uh, and being 7-0 and is better than being 6-1. and We'll see what happens, uh, you know, come... Uh, Come noon time on uh, on Saturday. Next game up, we got Wisconsin Rutgers. Uh, not a ton really to break down. Uh, Rutgers, yes, having an amazing season. Uh, do I think that Rutgers has the the opportunity to go to a bowl game? Absolutely. Rutgers is four and one, but Wisconsin coming off of a bye, I just don't think that uh, it's it's going to happen. Uh, it's it's. It's going to happen uh, as far as an upset. I think Wisconsin's going to handle business. In that Purdue game, I saw things click. Now they're coming off of a bye, had more time to get ready and to really delve into uh, you know the nuances of the new offense, the new defense that they're running. I think Wisconsin uh, just just beats down on them. It's going to be close, I think, through the first quarter, similar to the Michigan game. But I think Wisconsin, in the end, uh, pulls away. And I like the Badgers 31-14 in favor of, uh, of course, the Badgers. So we're taking a favorite uh, right now. The Wisconsin is favored by uh, two touchdowns, it looks like. Uh, if you like that, then go for it. Uh, if the number starts to run lower, then... And you know it, do what you want. But I think it's going to be uh, a little bit bigger of a game. Like I said, I think Wisconsin maybe not be as good as Michigan, but I think they're in the, the same realm. I think Wisconsin definitely a top 25. So 31 7 for, for uh, Michigan over Rutgers, 31 14 in favor of Wisconsin over Rutgers. So. Next game up, uh, we have Northwestern taking on Howard, the Bison. Uh, again, I, uh, not a ton to break down here. An FCS school taking on a Big Ten school. It's, it's gonna happen. Uh, it's gonna be a beat down. Northwestern's gonna get the win. And I'm sorry. I mean, I could be totally, totally wrong, uh, and have, you know, egg on my face later, but, um, my prediction, 34-14, Howard has has played well. There's been a couple games that, that I've been actually able to watch Howard play. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if uh, they came out and got, you know, first drive, scripted plays. They go down and get a score. This Northwestern defense is good. Their offense is serviceable, 34-14, uh, and then they're at home. Like I said, moving to 3-3. Three and three. It's better to be 3-3 three and three, uh, than, than to be 2-4. and four. I think they're going to get there. Next game up, we have Iowa taking on Purdue. We have just two games left. Now, this is my favorite uh, game of the week, and I want to say why. In uh, You look back in 2021 when Iowa was number two ranked in the nation. They traveled to uh, Purdue, and they lose – or sorry, they're at home. And they lose 24 to 7. The year previous in 2020, well, it's COVID, doesn't matter. No, absolutely it does. Uh, 2020, Purdue wins 24 to 20. Uh, you look in 2018, uh, Purdue wins 38 36. And you look at the years that, that, that Iowa did beat them, uh, in 2019, 20 to 26. Last year, 3 to 24, which was more of a blowout. Look, I like the Boilermakers in the spot. I really do. Now, the person who said I go opposite of you with what, with what it is with the Boilermakers, 
I haven't been able to nail this team. They're the one team that, that eludes me, um, even though I watch a ton of Boilermaker football. I think that this is an absolute win. I do like Purdue going on the road to Iowa. Uh, McNamara came out that I believe he is out for the season. Uh, it was something uh, with his ACL. So I think this is going to be low scoring, as it always is. I want to go 23-20 in favor of Purdue. I think Purdue got on track in the Illinois game. They had so many mistakes in the Wisconsin game, that which precluded them to, to cover and get the upset there. They rectified that in the Illinois game. I think they go on the road. I want to go with a Purdue prediction that they, they win 23-20. Iowa did not look great against against Michigan State. Now, they've had time to work out without McNamara, right, and, and what that offense will look like. Again, I just think that this this uh, Purdue team just has a little bit more firepower. Um, I like Hudson Carr. I think he's a great quarterback, and uh, I think sitting at 3-3 three and three is, is a pretty good place if you're a Boilermaker fan, considering uh, Ryan Walters, this is his first year and first head coaching job. There it is. Finally, we have the battle for the Little Brown Jug. We have Minnesota taking on Michigan. Here is a stat for you. Since 1987, Minnesota has only won two times sent against Michigan, and the last time coming in 2014. Uh, they've lost nine of the last ten. It's been ugly if you're a Minnesota fan, and it's going to continue to be ugly. Minnesota, yeah, they beat Louisiana. I still, this team is 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 a difficult, difficult team to read. Uh, one at, at times they show flashes of of greatness. At times they just do not look good at all. And I just think I we need consistency in order for me to to get behind you, uh, Michigan. Uh, covered obviously against Nebraska and they should have covered against <laughs> Rutgers. It was a half a point off. Um, if you would have waited and not got the number I got, then, you know, bad beat alert, right? Um, but Michigan's looked really good this year. They looked phenomenal last week. I think they're going to continue to roll. Uh, I'm going to go 48-21. Right now the line is, uh, I believe it's 19. You can get it at 19 or 20 at some books. Um, I think that Michigan does allow a couple of scores here. Uh, it's a rivalry game. It's going to matter a little bit more for Minnesota than I think it does for Michigan. There's no look-ahead spot for Michigan. Uh, same thing, similar to Wisconsin. Wisconsin is going into a bye, so there's no nothing to look ahead for for them. Michigan is taking on Indiana next, so not really a concern there. I think Michigan moves to 6-0, and really I think Michigan should be ranked number one in the nation. They they have looked by far the best team. Uh, Georgia stumbled. Let's be honest. Georgia has not looked great. Michigan has looked phenomenal. That is my prediction. 48-21 in favor of the Wolverines. So this has been uh, the edition of, of the next edition, the next iteration of the Big Ten Football Focus podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Obviously, I, I appreciate the the comments, the the, the show of, of support and stuff like that. Continue to uh, listen to us, tell your family, tell your friends about us. We're going to continue to be breaking down all of the Big Ten games and much more until Sunday night when I'll be recording. You'll be listening to it Monday morning. Uh, until then, I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Have a wonderful, great weekend of college football. We'll talk to you next time.